We're going to be turning to Daniel chapter 1 in just a moment and read a couple of verses. Uh, and while you're turning there, I want to just uh, add this. Thank you very much for uh, Pastor Appreciation Sunday last week. You guys totally blew us away, and we're just so grateful. We know, I know that some of you gave uh, sacrificially, and we certainly appreciate all of your gifts and your kindness and your cards and all the thoughtful things that you did for us, and we certainly appreciate that. May God, we know God's going to bless you for that. You know, I, I said, uh, I don't know, a year or two ago, I preached a sermon on honor, and I said, I really want us to become a church that knows how to honor, all right? Because, uh, and I've also said this, I'm not going to be your pastor forever, and so we need to, uh, we, we just appreciate you for honoring us and uh, may, God, may God richly bless you. We know that he will. Here's what the Bible says in Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1, verse number 19. Listen to this. The king talked with them, and uh, no one impressed him as much as Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, uh, and so they entered the royal service. And whenever the king consulted them in any matter, requiring wisdom and balanced judgment, he found them ten times more capable than any of the magicians and enchanters in the entire kingdom. We're talking about hope, and this has been a series on hope. And today I want to talk to you about this thought that we need to have a no matter what faith, no matter what may come our way, no matter what may happen, no matter what life might, might throw at us, that you and I would have a no matter, no matter what faith that is based and founded and centered upon Jesus Christ. Um, I, was, I don't know if anyone here is a, is a fan of boxing. Um, several years ago, there was a boxing match, and there might be a couple people that can remember this match. It was between uh, Sugar Ray Leonard and a guy by the name of Robert, Roberto Duran. And it was one of the most highly anticipated and publicized boxing matches in history. And uh, it was even on primetime television. And uh, between Sugar Ray Leonard and also Roberto Duran, who at that time was the World Boxing Council welterweight champion. And this boxing match was energized by the fact that Roberto Duran had just beaten Sugar Ray Leonard to gain the world championship just a couple months earlier. And so this rematch came in the month of November of that particular year. And uh, it was talked about. It was, it was announced. It was widely acclaimed. And finally, the day of the match came. And the boxing match started. And from the beginning of the match, even though Roberto Duran was the world champion, from the beginning of the boxing match, Sugar Ray Leonard outmatched and outwitted and outboxed Roberto Duran. In fact, he began uh, in the seventh round, he began to taunt uh, Roberto Duran. Roberto Duran, Duran felt like he was humiliated. He became frustrated. He became embarrassed. And toward the end of the eighth round, I was with some friends of mine, and we were watching the fight on primetime television that night. And at, toward the end of the eighth round, Roberto Duran shocked the boxing world whenever he threw his hands up and he said, no moss, which in Spanish meant no more, or in Spanish meant 
I quit. And he gave up in the middle of that fight for the world championship. And Sugar Ray Leonard was declared the winner, and he regained his world uh, boxing championship all because his opponent quit in the middle of the fight. Now, Satan will try his best to outbox you. He will try his best to taunt you. He will try his best to humiliate you and to embarrass you so that you will throw your hands up and you will quit and you will give up in the middle of the fight. The Bible says that whosoever endures till the end shall be saved. You see, it's not just who starts the race, but it's who finishes the race. And God wants us not to just start well, but God wants us to finish well in this race, in this fight of life. Now, we've got three men, Shad, or four men, Shadrach, uh, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were living in Babylon against their will. And in this, even though they were living in Babylon against their will, in this foreign city, they were being treated with respect. They received the best of care by their captors. In fact, they went on to receive advancement and promotions for their talents and for their servants to this foreign government. They got the attention of King Nebuchadnezzar because he noticed that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that they were gifted young men. And the Bible says in Daniel chapter 1 that he advanced them because every time he consulted with them, he found that they were wiser than any of the other men that was serving in the nation of Babylon and, and the native-born Babylonians, that they were wiser and they had more knowledge and they had more intellect. So they caught the attention of the king and he saw the gifts that, that these four men had. And in fact, Daniel had the God-given ability to interpret dreams. And at one point, Nebuchadnezzar ordered Daniel to tell him what he had dreamed. And also, the king said this, don't just tell me what, what I dreamed, but I want you to interpret my dream. And so that's exactly what Daniel did. It seemed impossible, but by the help and the strength and the grace of God, that Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar exactly what his dream was. And then he went on to interpret the dream. And so Nebuchadnezzar praised the God of Daniel and he, Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, and he promoted them. In fact, the Bible says this in Daniel chapter 2, verse 48. It says, Then the king appointed Daniel to a high position, and he gave him many valuable gifts. He made Daniel ruler over the whole province of Babylon, as well as chief over all his wise men. And at Daniel's request, <clears throat> the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be in charge of all the affairs of the province of Babylon while Daniel remained in the king's court. They were promoted. They were advanced. They were given gifts. They were given accolades by this foreign government. But they did not allow the glory of men to blind them. They did not allow the glamour of Babylon to blind them. You know, a lot of times we can be blinded spiritually because we're overwhelmed by the glory of men or we're overwhelmed by the accolades that we receive from individuals. But these four men did not let the glory and the splendor of Babylon mess them up. Don't let the glory and the splendor of this world mess you up. 
but keep your eyes upon God and let your hope be centered upon Jesus Christ. I was thinking about when I was preparing this message, sometimes we get caught off guard and Satan hits us with a temptation. Satan hits us with a trial at a time and a point in our life when we're just not expecting it. Maybe everything is going good. Maybe we've just got a promotion. Maybe we've just got a, a, a great new job and we've reached a high pinnacle in our life. And at that point, Satan hits us when we least expect it. This is exactly what happened to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There was a king. His name was Nebuchadnezzar. He was a proud and conceited king. He was an arrogant king. The Bible says in Daniel, Daniel chapter 3, and I read those verses to you last week, that he commissioned a 90-foot tall statue of himself to be erected. And when it was finished, Nebuchadnezzar called all of the officials from his kingdom to attend the dedication, and everyone great and small came to the dedication. And at the dedication, King Nebuchadnezzar said, I've got a surprise for you. I want everyone to bow to my golden idol. You know, and he ordered that everyone bow. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in the crowd. All right. Now, sometimes it's easy to hide in the crowd. Okay, We can be in a crowd that's so big, we can say, hey, listen, I just kind of blend in. No one even notices that I'm here today. They could have just bowed to the idol. The crowd was so large, they were just blending in. But in the storm of life, in the greatest challenge of life, rather than blending in, they stood for God. Rather than blending in, they took a stand for their faith and their hope in the Lord. In the storms of life, don't let go of hope. Because life is full of all kinds of challenges. Life is full of difficulties. Life is full of storms. Yes, there are days of promotion and advancement. Yes, there are glorious days, all right? But there are also days of difficulty. There are days of trials. There are days of temptation. In the storms of life, whether you're on the mountaintop in the day of promotion or the day of advancement or the day of a storm or the day of a valley, never let go of hope. Don't give up or compromise your relationship with God or your hope in God, but rather, no matter what you're going through, stand strong in your hope and stand strong in your faith in the Lord because many times a trial or temptation comes and catches us off guard, all right? Right before this moment, things were really good for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The king, but then all of a sudden, the king threw a curve at them. He ordered them to bow to the idol. And they chose to disobey the king's command. And it was reported to Nebuchadnezzar that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had refused to bow to the idol. Look at these verses in Daniel chapter 3, verse 12. Here's what the people told the king. They said, they went to King Nebuchadnezzar and they said, hey, there are some Jews here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you put in charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, my, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue you've set up. And then King Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and he ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. These people, there were individuals there that were jealous of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were, they, were, they were jealous of their promotion. They were jealous of their advancement. 
and they were trying, the devil was going to try to kill them at this particular time. And so here's King Nebuchadnezzar. He calls for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the king told them, he said this, I think you've made a mistake. He told them, I said, I don't think you fully understand the consequences of your actions. Because you can bow, very easily you can bow. Or if you don't bow, you are going to be thrown into the fiery first. He said this, Daniel chapter 3, verse 15. The king said this, I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I've made. When you hear the sound of the musical instruments, but if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? My, my friends, life is full of decisions, okay? We all come to a point where we've got to make a decision for God. We, we all come to a point, there are various idols that we come to a decision point. We come to a turning point in our life and we're given the choice, are we going to bow to compromise? Are we going to bow to the idol? Bowing, listen, sometimes bowing just takes a couple minutes, all right? Or a few, a few it just would have took a short period of time and they could have bowed and then they could have said, hey, listen, we'll repent later. When we get home tonight, we'll repent. We'll tell God how sorry we are. They could have just bowed in an instant. Life is full of decisions today. Whenever I was 16 years old, okay, um, I felt like I was at a high point. I'm only 16 years old, okay, and I'm a sophomore in high school. I thought, man, I'm just, I'm just really feeling spiritual right now. I'm just uh, really feeling close to God right now. I was not perfect. I was far from perfect, all right? I made a lot of mistakes when I was growing up, and... Uh, but uh, one day, uh, 16 years old, I wasn't perfect. I was truly focused on my walk and relationship with God. And I was working at a grocery store that wasn't far from my home. I was the youngest guy working at the store. In fact, there, was, there were several guys that was working there. They were all seniors in high school, okay? I went to Jefferson City High School. They went to Helias High School. They were all seniors. They're all really cool guys, okay? I thought it was a pretty good job. I enjoyed working there. And uh, so uh, I, here I am. I'm working there. And, and one day, I didn't have a car. And so I started to walk home from work. And just as I started walking home from work, two of the guys that I worked with are seniors, okay? One of them's name is Gary, and the other one is named Randy. And uh, they pulled up beside me and said, hey, Bob, do you need a ride home? Jump in the car. So I said, sure, I got in the car, and uh, so we're driving, and one of the guys got his girlfriend with him, and she's drop-dead gorgeous, okay? And so it's like, man, I'm pretty, I'm a, I'm a sophomore. I'm riding around with a couple seniors, their gorgeous girlfriend, you know? I'm looking pretty good right now. Life is really good, you know? And all of a sudden, Gary or Randy, I, don't, I can't recall which one, they said, hey, Bob, have a beer, and reaches in a cooler and puts a beer right, I'm 16 years old, puts a beer right in my hands. And I'm thinking, I'm really feeling spiritual right now. I'm, I'm at a high point spiritual. I do not want this beer, okay? But I don't want to look like an idiot in front of Randy and Gary, okay? And, they're, and they're especially their girlfriend, all right? So it's like I'm sitting there. I got this beer in my hand. 
And I, I'm going to be honest with you, I popped the top on it. I'm sitting there. <clears throat> I take a little sip off of it. Yeah. We, we, we're driving. We're riding in a car. We're, I'm chit-chatting. We're making small talk, you know, with these, with these guys. We get a couple blocks from my house, and my mom, my mom is here today. And uh, I'm thinking, if my mom sees me right now, she's going to kill me. And I told them, they didn't know where I lived. Frank, they didn't know where I lived. I said, hey, guy, we're like two blocks from the house. Hey, this is it. This is where I live. <laughs> I'm holding my beer in my hand. I get out of the car. We'll see you guys. See you guys tomorrow. <laughs> Y'all take it easy, okay? As soon as they drive off, as soon as they leave, as soon as they're out of sight, I take the can. I throw it on the ground. I kick it as hard as I can. I thought, man, I really screwed up. I, I, I really messed up. Now, you might be here today, and you might say, that's really, that's, that's really not that big of a deal. But, but let me tell you something. That the older we get, the greater the impact that wrong decisions and choices adversely affect our lives in so many ways. And we got to be careful of the decisions that we make because life is full of decisions. And at the moment, you see, we've all made choices. We've all made decisions. And at the moment, the decision doesn't seem like that big of a deal, okay? It doesn't seem like it's that important. But the question is, what chain of events might be set off in our lives because of one foolish mistake or one foolish decision. Now, I know that sometimes we justify the, 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 the sin. We justify the thing. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could have easily justified the sin of bowing to the idol. But sooner or later, every one of us will come to a decision point in our walk with God. And the question is this, will we compromise for convenience or will we stand strong for God? That is the question. That is the question. And I, I'm going to tell you this right now, okay? That no matter what we do, okay, that we have to look ourselves in the mirror, okay? We got, to look at, we got to look at the man or the woman in the mirror for the decisions and the choices that we've made. I made a statement last week. I, I don't have to get in a big argument with people, okay, about the things of God because God has written the word of God on, on every person's heart. And the Holy Spirit is dealing with people today. And there's people that I will never win an argument with, but God is dealing with them. And God is speaking to them today. And God deals with every one of us about the choices and the decisions that we make. So will we compromise for, for convenience or we will we stand strong for the Lord? Here's what Dan, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. Daniel 3, verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we, will, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. And if we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, I like that. Even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Notice this. The response was immediate. 
They did not ask for, hey, can we have a break? Can we have a recess? We're going to talk this thing over. We're going to hash this thing out. They didn't say we're going to take a vote. But immediately they answered the king because why? Because their hope was secure in God. Their faith was sure in God. They, did, they had made their mind up already. They were going to stand for God rather than bow to compromise. And they told the king, they said, listen, king, God will rescue us from the fiery furnace. Now hold that thought. God will rescue us from the fiery furnace. God will rescue us. God will rescue us. But if he doesn't, we still won't bow. I want you to notice this about this story. Interesting side note. Daniel was not present. You say, why? Why wasn't Daniel present? There could be a lot of reasons he wasn't there. You got to remember this. Daniel was now king, now ruler over the whole province of Babylon. So it could very well be that Daniel was off traveling around the province, taking care of business taking care of administrative duties. And Daniel was nowhere to be found. Daniel was kind of like their leader. Have you ever noticed this? When the leader's around, we stand strong. Okay? When the leader's around, everything is cool. Because the leader's here. We're looking for the leader to give us strength. We're looking for the leader to give us encouragement. And often, if the leader is present and strong in his or her, his or her hope, then we are strong in our hope, and we are strong in our faith. I want to tell you this, that the leader won't always be around, okay? And every one of us have got to make up our mind that our faith is sure, that our hope is sure, and it's not built upon a man. Daniel was not present to lean on. There will be time in your life that the leader is not present, but rather we've got to lean on God. you got to make sure of this. Whatever you're going through right now, if you just received a promotion, if you just got a $10,000 a month raise, if you just walked through the, through the deepest, darkest valley you ever walked through before, you got to be sure of this, that you're not leaning upon man but rather you're leaning upon God today. You're leaning upon the Lord. Make sure that your strength comes from God rather than man. Because you see, men and women won't always be around. Men and women might fail us. Men and women might disappoint us. But make, we must make sure that our hope and our faith is anchored fully and secure in Jesus Christ rather than human leadership, regardless of how great the leadership might be. Because the time will come when you and I will be alone. You know, it would be great. You know, I, I just, I just uh, it's a drag now being so old, you know, because I don't have to blame, I don't have anyone else to blame my mistakes on, you know. I got to blame all myself, you know. It'd be, it'd be cool. Just to be old enough where you got your own money and you could blame stuff on someone else, okay? <laughs> but when you become an adult, you know, when we're, when we're children, we act like children, we speak like children, we think like children. But when we become mature men and women, the responsibility falls on our shoulders, all right? And there will come a time in your life that great spiritual leaders will not, not be around. So we must have our faith fully anchored and fully set upon the Lord 
Jesus Christ, leaning upon God. Otherwise, otherwise, when we're all alone, we'll find that we're giving in to temptation and we're bowing to sin and we're bowing to compromise. We've got to be strong in the Lord. We've got to be secure in our hope. We've got to be secure in our faith. And that comes from walking and talking with the Lord every single day of our life. You know, people, the, the craziest thing happens, okay? Because when, as soon as someone finds out I'm a pastor, they go spiritual on me. <laughs> They're telling me, I, you know, I thought about becoming a pastor. I thought about becoming a priest. <laughs> they tell me all this crazy, they think that's what I want to hear, you know? They're going spiritual. Ernest, they're going spiritual on me, you know, because they think that's what I'm, what's going to make me happy, okay? <laughs> I don't want every one of you guys to become a pastor. You know, we're in trouble if, we, if you are. Okay? <laughs> this church's in trouble if you are, all right? But we, I, I will say this. We need to be secure, secure in our faith. We need to be secure in our walk and relationship with the Lord. And God has not called every one of us to be to a pulpit ministry, but God has called us to be, you know, missionaries in our job and missionaries in our school and to lift up Jesus Christ in our family. God has called every one of us to do something. And we got to be sure in our faith. We got to be secure in, in standing with God. We need a no matter what faith. They said this they said, God. Will will deliver us from that fiery furnace. We're not going, we're not going to bow. Our God will deliver us from that fiery furnace. But if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow to your idol. Here, we, here they were. They were living in Babylon. They were being promoted in Babylon, but they didn't get comfortable in Babylon. They were in a foreign land, but they never gave up hope in Babylon. They never stopped walking and talking with God in Babylon. You know, I, I was thinking about the church. The church is the strongest when it's facing some persecution. You say, why is that? Because persecuted people are talking to God. And persecuted Persecuted Christians are trusting in God. It's not about some, you know, superficial walk and relationship with the Lord, but rather they really get in and press in. And, and, and we need to be careful that we're not so prosperous that we forget about that relationship with God. That we're so successful that we don't forget what God has done in our life. We, that, that, we're, that we're not so far advanced in our life and so proud of all of our accomplishments that we forget that we need God with all of our, we need Jesus Christ. Shadrach, Meshach, Meshach and Abednego, they were fighting for their life, but they were strong in faith. They were strong in hope. They were strong in holding on to the promises of God. You know why? Because they had a no matter what faith. And the truth of the matter is, I'm getting ready to close, all right? The truth is, they didn't understand exactly how God was going to do it. And there's going to be a lot of times in your walk and in your life, you're not going to understand how God's going to do it. You're not going to understand how God's going to bring you through that or deliver you from that fiery furnace. You, they didn't fully understand, but their mind was made up 
They fully trusted in God to be God. He's God today. He's God. He's a supernatural God. They said this in verse 19. Nebuchadnezzar, or they said this after they told the king they wouldn't bow. Verse 19, here's what happened to Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. And then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. Here they are. They're at the point of no turning back. The king got so mad, he had the furnace heated up seven times hotter. Verse 23. And so they tied them up. They threw them in to the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in excitement. He exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god, or looks like the son of God. Here was the king, he saw the glory of God, and the fire didn't touch them. God fully saved them, and the king went on to praise God. And the king went on to, to make a decree. He said, listen, anyone that speaks a word against the God, Jehovah, the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, him and his whole house will be destroyed. And the king promoted these three men. Why? Because they had a no matter what faith. Life is full of all kinds of difficulties. Life is full of ups and downs. Life is full of all kinds of challenges today. But you and I need a secure hope today that God can deliver us. You see, God, sometimes God delivers us from the fire and sometimes God delivers us through the fire. We don't always know how God's going to do it, but God will bring us through no matter what we're going through today, no matter where we're at today. We need a, a secure faith. We need a no matter what faith because God is sure his promises are sure today, and he will always be with us today, no matter what faith. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, God, that we can stand strong in you. And God, there are folks that are here today. There are, there are individuals that are here today, and we're at a turning point in our life. We are at a decision point in our life. We've got choices that are set before us, and we're wondering and we're pondering the right decision. We know, I believe, deep inside of our heart what we need to do that would glorify you. We know within our heart and mind what you would have us to do. But God, I just pray we might be full of fear by what people would say, or we might be full of fear about the circumstances that might unfold. But I pray, God, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that we will not bow to the idols of this world, that we will not bow to circumstances, that we will not be overwhelmed by glory and the glamour of individuals or men, dear God, or women. But I pray, God, we will be sure in you, secure in our faith, secure in our hope, dear God, 
Let our peace rest in you, God. Help us, I pray today. And God, I just pray, Lord, every person that's here in this place this morning, God, it's not an accident that they're here today. But God, I pray that they will feel your Holy Spirit drawing them and your Holy Spirit leading them to press in closer than they've ever been before. I pray, God, today if there's someone here that does not know Christ as Savior, that today they will make you the Lord of their life and you will bless them and they will find that you love them and you'll wrap your arms around them. Bless us today. Help us. Encourage us today. Encourage every person that's here today. Encourage them in the Lord. Encourage them in their faith. Encourage them in their hope right now. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like for some of our prayer team to come if they would. And if you're here this morning and you need prayer, I want to invite you to come. (coughs) There are folks that are here to pray with you today. There are those that are here to encourage you this morning. (coughs) So if you're here and you need prayer, please come. If you're here and do not know Christ, your personal Savior, come and there's someone that will pray with you today. We're not saved by works. We're not saved by paying money. We're saved by grace, and it's a free gift of God. So if you're here and you need prayer, please come. If you're here this morning and you need just a touch in your life, maybe you need wisdom in your life, come and and we will pray with you today. If you're here today and you need a healing in your life, come and we'll pray with you this morning. There'll be someone here that will encourage you today. And most of all, God's here. And God wants to touch you. Stand with us and praise the Lord as we sing this song. And if you need prayer, please come to